All right. That's the beginning. I made that myself. All right. This is the Malcolm Go Podcast, August 4th, 2016, episode one. Dropping the hammer on y'all. Um, so here I am. My name's Tony Loconti, avid Patriots supporter and fan. And um, excited to be here with you on my first podcast solo runaround. I'm um, doing this because I don't like to listen to anybody. I like to talk a lot. And I'm bored. So it is 10.37 at night right now, and might have got a lot of feedback there. No big deal. I'm not technically savvy, so you're probably going to get a lot of uh, mistakes here electronically. So whatever. Fuck you. Deal with it. I'm not going to... Uh, doing this in my living room right now. It's no studio. I probably back away from the mic a lot. I'm not a pro. Don't claim to be. No big deal. My burp right here. Look. <coughs> That's for you. That's for you guys at home. Um, so... Today, August 4th, day after your Lord and Savior's birthday, his 39th birthday, Tom Brady, the greatest living athlete, the greatest who ever lived, greatest to walk the planet. Yep, he's 39. So, why am I doing this? The question, people will say, Tony, they'll come up to me, say, Tony, why are you doing that? I'll say, I'm bored. What else am I going to do? I got a podcast. I go to work every day. Bored with it. Got nothing else to do. Why not? Talk some shit. Do some Patriot stuff. So, I like it. My father's been a season ticket holder since 91. I've been a solo season ticket holder since, uh, what is it, 2007, right after I got out of college. Uh, me, my brother, and another guy who share season tickets in Section 204, what up? Um, so, you know, just trying to uh, add a little more excitement to the season. I'm trying to get a little loud, get a little ugly, you know, fuck up some shit around here. So, um I mean, you know, caller calling in. Uh, if you want to call in and and and, uh, and have a little chat, you can call. Just kidding, can't call. Got nothing. Just don't even know how to uh, record my own voice. So here I am. All right. So Tom Brady's birthday yesterday, thirty nine. What a gentleman. Uh, let's go. What are we? What are we going to start off with here? To- topic. So Tom Brady, Deflate Gate, turmoil. It's all. Uh, it's over. It's over, everybody. That's. Two long years of listening to bullshit about the ideal gas law and what else, the air pressure and all this. You already know all the stories. I don't have to re rehash it for all of you. So, I mean, he's going to miss the first four games. That's it. That's a wrap. No big deal. Take one for the team. Fall on the sword, as everyone says. You know what? I say the first four games is going to be like an extended preseason. We're all going to love it. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in, the Italian Stallion. He's going to come in and show. Yeah, the Italian Stallion. We'll see what happens. Could be a stud. Could be a dud. Who cares? Tom Brady's never going to stop playing. He's 39. He's probably got, what, five more years in him, minimum, at dirt cheap rates. So, you never know. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I want him to come in there, and he's going to, he's probably going to, you know, the team's stacked right now, basically. Just Gronk and Bennett the whole time. Just fire it into him. Fire it into him. Fire it into him. And just keep your mouth shut. That's all you have to do. And then you get the first four games. What's a big deal? I can go in there and play four games. I don't even know. Who are they playing? Arizona. I think they were going to lose that from the jump anyway. Chandler Jones would be all jacked up for that one. So, don't want to get off topic here. But, you know, yeah, so Brady stepped down. We know all this. He's going to miss the first four games. They basically treated him like a criminal, like worse than Aaron Hernandez. He can't have friends to come over and play. 
he can't he, he can go swimming in this pool the first four games about it if anybody on the team comes over they behead him like Ned Stark I, I don't understand what the Roger Goodell is doing I I honestly I was leaving the gym today oh he works out look out folks um so I was leaving the gym today and and I heard Adrian Peterson his his uh suspension got upheld by some circuit court I don't know what these circuits are but the circuit court that um that Adrian Peterson was involved when um, held up his suspension. So apparently he has to not serve any games, but pay them $2 million. So that's nice for him. I, I don't know why he doesn't have to serve any games. I know the Vikings held him out for a year for beating his son with a, uh, a stick, which in, you know, I guess that's a little bit worse than letting air out of balls, allegedly, but who knows. Um, so I don't know what that is. I mean, couple of weeks, probably a week ago, you had the Manning double standard flying off the hinges. I mean, no one could let him go fast enough. I mean, I think it was, what, a week into it, they were like, yeah, we're going to investigate him. No, you know what? He's fine. Don't even worry about it. Uh, he just had HGH shipped to his house and it sent to his wife, her, her name on it. I'm sure she was just getting jacked up in the basement. I don't know what... They don't even give a shit. They just they they didn't care. He was retired. They were never gonna investigate him. Where's the two hundred fifty five page report on him? Nowhere. I mean, they, they could give a shit. The 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 Mannings are the royal family. It, it might as well be uh, Pippa Middleton over there getting uh, retiring from the game. Fucking guy could barely throw. Won the Super Bowl. Travesty. Couldn't even watch that. Not that I wanted the Panthers to win either. I, I don't know. I don't know who I wanted to win. I think I wanted the stadium to blow up, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. Uh, I can never watch those games if the Patriots lose in the in the AFC Championship. Kills me every time. So, I mean, where where does the hatred lie now? I mean, you got Goodell, obviously, which is the obvious uh, bullseye in which you want to just destroy everything about him. You buy the barstool shirts, you, from from making the signs to... I don't know, writing in your snow, fire Goodell, hang Goodell, burn his mansion down in Maine. Nobody can get to him. The guy makes $40 million a year, can do whatever he wants. I mean, in my eyes, he's he's basically more powerful than the uh, president of the United States. Probably makes, I don't know, a zillion times more money. The mic does drop? Probably. Nah, whatever. Like I already told you, it's about... I'm not technically savvy. I don't know the audio. I know that I'm getting a lot of feedback right now, and my headphones are probably about second behind, so trying to figure this out as we go. Um, so we're just going to continue here, pretend I'm not even talking. Um, so, all right, so you got Goodell. He's going to go down as probably the worst commissioner in sports history. Everyone hates him, but they're making boatloads of cash, hand over fist. Robbing everyone, John Dillinger style, coming in, taking everybody's money, riding off into the sunset. So, I don't know. The owners are happy, which brings me to my next point, Bob Kraft. I mean, I've been seeing him getting a lot of heat on Twitter, a lot of heat everywhere. I mean, people are saying he's got bodyguards. He brings in nine bodyguards. He brings in 20 bodyguards, and I don't mean bodyguards like body shields in the sense of the term, is they'll take a bullet. It's just he brings in Super Bowl champions. He'll bring in Ty Law, Willie McGinnis, 
Teddy Bruschi, all wearing those red jackets to stand in front of him, make sure he ain't getting booed. Nothing's happening. Now, I respect Kraft. I love him. I wish he was my grandfather. He's not. I wish that, um, I don't know, I wish he handled this a little bit better because, to me, he sided with the owners. I think that was fairly obvious from the beginning. Uh, when he realized that he thought he had the thing won, he starts coming out with online diatribes about how he thinks all this stuff is wrong. He's, what do they call it? The uh, Wells Report in context. It's the worst, worst website in, in history. I, you go on there and say, he says this. No, he said that. This doesn't make any sense, which it looks good, you know, from our eyes, from people that want to make sure the NFL looks like shit, but... Where does it get you? Nowhere. Too little, too late. I love Robert Kraft for what he did for the team. Obviously, he he brought four championships. He knows how to hire coaches. Hired Pete Carroll. Then he hired Bill Belichick. Two for two, really. Pete Carroll's, I don't know, his tenure was a little short, but obviously he knows what he's doing. Been to the Super Bowl twice. He's got hell of a team in Seattle, and, and uh, Belichick's obviously the greatest coach that's ever lived. So, I mean... With him, with Kraft, I give him a little bit of leeway. Behind the scenes, I kind of hope Brady hates his guts. If I, if we're being honest here, and I think we are, I think I wish Brady. I think Brady hates his guts, um, but we'll see. I guess I guess we'll see next time they ask him to take bottom of the barrel money, to you know, so that they can build a team around him and then fill it with uh, white receivers that fall off the Buffalo Bills and turn them in, and watch Tom Brady turn them into stars because. That's really all that happens. I mean, once in a while you'll fall, you'll stumble into a Darrell Revis. I mean, you, most of the time you're getting Dion Lewis off the street, who becomes a star and then tears his ACL, of course, because that's just the way it is. But I mean, it's there's no there's no team building. I mean, there's obviously there's a team building uh, portion of this, but he doesn't. He takes he takes guys and turns them into stars. Belichick does that. And that none of them are, are marquee guys, marquee. You know that. You know what that is. Jerry Maguire might have heard of it. Um, so, yeah. So I mean, you get these guys will come in. I mean, they basically build through the draft, and they never ever give them big money out to the guys around them. Like Edelman, they let them walk. They let them do whatever they want. Let them go to uh, free agency. Be like, good, fuck it. Go see what you can get. And and it works. I mean, in reality, the only only guy I can really think of they lost that that could have used and really burned Belichick was Woodhead. But Woodhead's, I mean, he tore his ACL too, like two years ago, and or last year. And Dion Lewis is better than him anyway. So, you know, you lose one, you get one. I don't know how he Belichick does it. He's a genius, but you know, there's only so many times. To my original point, there's only so many times you can tell Tom Brady to take bottom of the barrel money uh especially after your owner says you know what why don't you uh we'll accept the penalties even though we didn't do anything wrong and um you know we'll see what happens and kind of leaves tom out by himself and then come out and say you support him and come out that's all fine and dandy but everyone heard you say it the first time if you were at the super bowl saying we will die with tom brady like you should have been we would have loved it and if you went and sued the NFL like you should have, then we would have died with you and, and everyone would just love you. You'd be a legend. 
I mean, Al Davis was the most hated guy in the NFL, but everyone seems to respect him now. You know, I, who knows? I mean, you could have done either or. I mean, I wish to me that he went out there and backed Tom Brady from the jump, which he did, but then he sat down and took what the NFL was giving him. He took his medicine for no reason. And then these guys, like Bart Hubba Bubba Bubbick, they go out and then they crush the Patriots on ESPN and New York Post and all those tabloids, destroy them. And then we have to sit there and say, oh, well, the owner accepted it. I mean, what are you going to do? That's the reason they lost a lot of season ticket holders. My father, since 91, says, you know what? I'm not fucking going to these games anymore. Kraft fucked the greatest sports hero in, in Boston sports history. So, I mean, I don't know what else you could say. I mean, he, 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 he basically let him out there to, to handle his own business because he was so happy with the commissioner handling, handing him suitcases full of millions of dollars every single year. So, I mean, in my eyes, my, my one-year-old son can do that job. All you have to do is show up. NFL prints its own money. So, I mean, there's not much more to be said about Deflategate. I mean, honestly, if Kraft wins another Super Bowl, no one will remember. I mean, but Tom Brady's the victim here. He, he took so much criticism and, and people talking about, you know, is, is his legacy ruined? Is it even hurt? No, it's not hurt. You know whose legacy should be hurt? Peyton Manning was teabagging fucking gym girls. There are trainers in Tennessee, good old boy from, from New Orleans coming up to Tennessee and dump his balls and train his mouth. But guess what? No problems there because he was the good old boy coming down there. He was the, the golden child, number one overall pick, number one recruit in high school, should have won the Heisman, didn't win the Heisman, couldn't win the national championship, couldn't win the Super Bowl, couldn't get through Tom Brady. Then, you know, you know whatever. They, everyone's rooting for him. Everybody wants him to win. Nobody cares about the guy that works his ass off. Nobody wants the blue-collar guy. Everybody wanted the easy guy, the easy way out, because he does all the commercials, and he's not handsome, and he doesn't have a supermodel wife. So nobody gives a shit about the guy that didn't have a chance in the world, somehow got himself into Michigan, somehow got drafted in the sixth round, and somehow became the greatest quarterback of all time. But more of that on another day. I'm just sick of it. And the Manning stuff is over, finally. I mean... Think about that. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, going at it since 2000. I mean, Manning had a little bit of his way here later on in his career, but the beginning of those uh, those years, 2000 to 2004, even 2005, um, up until Manning won that Super Bowl in 06, I mean, it was just a domination. Tom Brady was just crushing him every single time, and it just it felt so good. I mean, now it's that's all over. It's in the past. New era. Who's out there now? Jameis Winston? Who knows? I, he's got his own... There's, there's like one rival left. And it's probably Ben Roethlisberger. It's a, it's a new world. Tom Brady, 39 years old, going at it. Getting ready to find a new rival. I guess it's Andrew Luck or whoever. I mean, Joe Flacco. I don't really care about these guys. They don't mean anything to me. I mean, none of them have the, uh, the appeal to beat... You know, I, I mean, it felt good to beat Peyton Manning because he was undoubtedly the most talented quarterback anyone's ever seen. He could drop a ball in a barrel from 70 yards away, laser, rocket arm. Um, so, I mean, 
beating these other guys isn't going to feel that great. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, two-time accused rapist. Does it feel good beating him? Not really. Uh, Joe Flacco, who's only good in the playoffs. Does it feel good beating him? Kind of, but only because I like beating Baltimore, and I don't like John Harbaugh's dumb face. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure they'll find a new rival. But in the AFC, I don't see anyone that's even comparable to Tom Brady right now. In the NFC, I mean, I really I like what Russell Wilson's doing, but I don't know. I think that team lost a little bit of swagger with Marshawn Lynch, if you ask me. Um, so, I mean, Deflategate over, ESPN over, basically ridding themselves of anything that was anti-patriot uh, is, what, is what I'm seeing anyway. Maybe they're trying to make good uh, from their 2 a.m. apologies. I mean, they got they got Tom, they hate their coach Jackson leaving after 30 uh, years because uh, back, back, back Berman probably wanted him out of there. Uh who else has gone? Dill for all the guys. I mean, every every bum in town. Chris Carter. Now they're bringing in Randy Moss. They're trying. They're trying to patriot up ESPN. I don't buy it. I think there uh, there's an obvious bias there, and I've been sick of ESPN. I haven't watched ESPN since Deflategate happened. I had to find out through Barstool Sports and all these sites about what they're saying about Hannah Storm again bringing up filming practice and and Marshall Falk being on there talking about filming the walkthroughs. I mean, this is insane. We're talking, you're talking, uh, what, 15 years later at some point to still keeping up with this fake story and, and John Tomasi's story from the Boston Herald talking about that the day before the Super Bowl, talking about walk the walkthrough for the New York Giants. Or, sorry, they're talking about the... Uh, I don't even remember at this point who they were, who who the walkthrough uh, was filming. They filmed so many walkthroughs, they they get bungled up in your head. So they still talk about that. That was that was a fact to the to ESPN. They're spewing out to the rest of the country, the ham and eggers in the middle of the country that nobody even uh, you know even knows a, a thing. Nobody even knows what's going on in New England. If that's true or not, nobody wants to hear a rebuttal. So. As far as ESPN goes, they can go fuck themselves. If you ask me. I mean, they, I can't, I can't handle them. Too much obvious patriot hate and double standards, and they lie. I mean, Chris Mortensen's story of eleven and eleven out of twelve balls being deflated still up on the site, or what do they call them? Eleven out of twelve significantly deflated, which I guess is point oh 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 one psi. Who knows? It, there was such, there was irrelevant amount of air taken out of those balls. So, where are we going from here? We got Jimmy G, the Italian stallion, coming in. I mean, what is he going to do? How bad could he be? Let's face it. Just go out there, throw the ball to Edelman, throw the ball to Bennett, throw the ball to Gronk. That's all you got to do to stay healthy. I like his game. I think he can run, which is fun to watch always. You forget how fun it is to have a running quarterback when you haven't had one for 15 years. Although Tommy has been a little bit more uh, um, mobile here in the last few years, working with Tom House. I don't know what he's been doing, but he's been he steps up in the pocket better than he ever has. He moves out to the to the flats better than he ever has. He throws on the run better than he ever has. Uh, boy, can you tell I have a Tom Brady uh, love? 
I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I try. I start out talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and then I go, I cycle right back into Tom Brady stuff. Um, so Jimmy G, I mean, he's more mobile. He can throw a deep ball, I think, better than Tom can. Um, from all reports, I mean, he's been killing it in training camp. I mean, running with the ones, running with the twos, and he's dropping it, dropping dimes on people. Um, you know, and he's not even playing with Edelman or Amendola. Hogan's out with a, a, a hurt shoulder. Mitchell's practicing once a day. I mean, once every few days. So you get he's out there throwing to like DeAndre Carter and and Matt Slater. So I mean, if he's he's nailing these guys, I mean, who says he ain't ready for the big time? And to be honest, if they're gonna if if there ever was a time to trade him, it's gonna be this year. Same way with Matt Castle, just like they did it a couple of years ago. So if Belichick can go eleven and five with Matt Castle. You could better believe he's gonna he can go three and one, or four and zero oh with Jimmy Garoppolo, a second uh, second round draft pick. So I'm not too worried about the first four games. First four games, Patriots usually take as a you know extended preseason. It's when the Kansas City Chiefs game was a couple of years ago, where they got demolished on Monday Night Football, uh, went on to win the Super Bowl. So I mean, they usually win two or three of the first four. They usually you know, shit the bed on one of them or two of them. doesn't matter. You can't get too invested in those first four games. That's how they find out where they really are, who they really are as a team, defense, offensively. You know, they kind of all play it out there. So we'll find out. The one thing I think is going to happen here is I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady misses a game five or even game six. I know it's crazy to say, but, I mean, if you miss, especially as a quarterback, uh, coming in, after four weeks, missing all the new plays, you know, you can watch the game on TV, but you don't know the terminology, what's going on. Your timing is going to be off with all the receivers. You're going to have to go in there. You're going to have to practice at least one week, obviously. Work, work one week. I mean, one full week. You don't, They don't practice every week. They practice, what, Wednesday, Thursday, walk through Friday? I mean, that's really it. So, I mean, they might have to consider sitting Brady down for the Browns game as well just so he can get his timing down. I mean, I mean, who are you scared of in Cleveland anyway? Nobody. I mean, Jimmy can go out there and put up 40 on him. I wouldn't be too worried about that as long as he doesn't go down, you know. Jacoby Brissett come in. I don't know a thing about him except that Bill Parcells said he was good, so I know he, he knows his quarterbacks. He drafted Tony Romo. Um. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Tom Brady – We'll probably play game five just because he's Tom Brady and he's he's psychotic about his game time. I mean, from the looks of everything, he still wants to be running with the ones out there at practice, even though he knows he's not going to play the first four games. I mean, he, he doesn't like when people take his job and and or, you know, even if there's a chance that somebody could take his job because he was that guy taking people's jobs. So he knows how that feels. He knows there's always a chance that he could lose his job to Jimmy. I mean, the slim as it might be, there is a chance that Tom Brady can lose his job to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, even though unprecedented as it, uh, as it is in New England, Belichick in the beginning of training camp says that, you know, first four games we're going to go with Jimmy, and week five Tom Brady's going to come back as a starter. I mean, who does that? Nobody says that this early in the year you're going to come out and already announce your starter for week five i mean that's that says something tom brady's earned that but again 
I don't know. He might not play. He might. Obviously, he's your number one guy. You you run with him no matter what. So, eh, we'll see what happens. All right. So, new players. Who I'm most excited for. Um, right now, I'm really excited for Martellus Bennett. Um, I'm also really scared of Martellus Bennett. He clearly, he's an odd duck. Let's say it. Let's say it like that. He's an odd duck. He's uh he's been on ESPN quite a few times with his cartoons, uh, him and his brother saying whatever they want and tweeting whatever they want, which I kind of love. I mean, I don't. I like. I'm both. I'm both sides on this. Is one is I want you to be the Patriot way. Shut your mouth. Do your job. Win Super Bowls. That's all I want to hear. I want you to be Tom Brady. I want you to be Teddy Bruschi. Shut up. Do your job. Don't talk shit about other players. But, I mean, Mar- I love the way Martellus Bennett talks. I mean, they were on ESPN last night calling Jay Cutler the worst quarterback in the NFL. I mean, they're on ESPN saying the N-word. They're doing whatever they want. Which, I mean, uh, I mean, he took one thing that did scare me, I will say this, is he had a, a, a quote that I saw on Twitter in Dallas. The Dallas was uh, Dallas bloggers were tweeting out saying that he hated Jason Witten, which doesn't bode well because he was saying that Tony Romo used to just fire the ball into Jason Witten, which Jason Witten's one of the best tight ends who ever lived. You can understand that. And he didn't like being second to Jason Witten. So if he can multiply that by, I don't know, 10,000 and come in and, and, and uh, be second to Gronk, I don't know. The only thing that's saving him here is is that it's on a one-year deal, and we'll see what happens. But I see a little bit of an Albert Hainsworth situation here, um, just maybe with his attitude. I don't really care. I kind of hope once in a while that Patriots bring in, uh, you know, a rough guy. Some I don't want to say a thug, but a badass that just will talk shit about players and, and, and go out there and go balls to the wall, want to crunch guys, want to do whatever it takes to win. But just intimidate. I like intimidators. I used to love Brandon Spikes, the black visor coming out and intimidating. Maybe they're not the best players in the world, but I love an intimidator. You know, James Harrison. I used to love these guys that would just come out there and want to just kill people. And, and, you know, and they'd go off to the game and they say, you know what? That guy fucking sucks. That's why I did it. I crush him. And then next week, I'm going to crush this guy. I love that. But Martellus Bennett, he seems like a nice guy. He writes children's books in his spare time. I just, uh, his mouth scares me a little bit. I do think he's going to get called into the uh, the principal's office pretty soon here by Belichick, and he's, you're going to see him get toned down a little bit. I think that ESPN thing was filmed before he was, uh, you know, really invested in the Patriots, or not invested, but brought into the scene and know what the hell's going on. Him and his brother were there, and he plays for the Seahawks, so you can say whatever the fuck you want over there. So, you know, I think that that is going to change pretty rapidly. Um, you know, cursing to the reporters at Foxborough after camp. Everyone loves it because it's so rare, but I don't think it's going to happen much longer. Um, you know, I'm very excited for him to go up with Gronk. I mean, he's not Hernandez. Nobody is. Uh, that that has that skill set in the NFL. He was so rare. He could catch touchdowns and uh, murder people in the same day. He was very good at that. I think he did it thrice times. Um, so you got basically two Gronkowskis out there, which is an unstoppable force in the red zone. Um, 
I mean, down the seams. Just think about that for a, a second. You put two tight ends on the field, which I think you're going to see most of the time. You're going to have two dominant blocking tight ends, so you can run the ball. Then you're going to have two dominant uh, pass-receiving tight ends in the seams. So what do you do? You double Gronk and Bennett? Edelman's going to be open all day. And don't forget, you got Malcolm Mitchell, who looks like he can catch everything in sight. You got Amendola, who's going to come in and, and give uh, Jules a breather. And then you get the new kid, Chris Hogan, who I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I think that he's going to be better than most people think. I think he's going to be the next Deion Lewis. He's going to come in here, you know, go about his business, a nice uh, clean cut uh, kid, you know. Ups the uh, the Patriots looks department as they usually do. They they like to bring their receivers in based on looks alone. So if you're not GQ worthy, you can't come in and play wide receiver for the team. Um, so he's gonna come in. He's gonna work on the outside. He's gonna be Brandon LaFell two years ago. Um, seems like he can catch anything. He is always open. He's got quick feet. He's got. If I had to check his numbers, I'm sure his three cone time is sub seven. I'm sure which is a Patriot uh, hallmark. So you gotta, you got to bet that he's going to come out there and he's going he's gonna to perform. Uh, he's hurt right now with a little shoulder injury. It's, but, I mean, I'm sure he's going he's gonna to perform. I can't wait to see him in the, in the preseason, see how he does. I mean, he's been under the radar for a while. He went to Miami and was a nobody, but I think he was, he was a star on uh, Hard Knocks. But that was Miami. Who's going to throw it to him? Tannehill. And, again, he was in Buffalo with – Nobody throwing to him. T-Mobile couldn't couldn't hit the side of a barn. Oh, look at my rough remarks. Couldn't hit the side of a barn. Um, so you got him. I think he's going to be a stud. Look out for him in fantasy. I think he's going to be a big projection receiver. Projection. Ugh. Uh, possession. Let's try that one more time. Possession receiver. Uh, you get your number one draft uh, number one draft pick in the second round. Uh, Cyrus. The virus, Jones. Um, so, I mean, I think he's going to be a stud, of course. Alabama product. Um, he's going to line up in the slot mostly. He's going to come out there. I love it because I think our secondary right now is just absolutely stacked. I mean, I mean, you can't really. This is probably the best secondary they've had since since 2004 with Ty Law, Rodney Harrison, and Randall, Randall Gay, Sante Samuel. I mean, this is as stacked as they get. You get, if you're going to work on the outside, you got Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, who had the most underrated year of probably any defensive back last year. Um, then you got McCordy and Chung, who has become really a pro bowler at strong safety. I mean, strong safety and linebacker, if you want to, uh, when they come into sub packages. So, I mean, he has just completely rewritten the book on him because. I couldn't have kicked him out of Foxborough faster if I had if I had tried. I wanted him I wanted them to ship him back to Jamaica, wherever he's from, Oregon, half Jamaican, half Chinese, I don't know. Wherever they that he he was born, I wanted him to go back there. He went to he went to Philadelphia, was terrible there. And then somehow he comes back to New England and I was like, "Oh, this guy, what the hell is he doing here? He's going to they're going to just use him as a tackling dummy." And then now all of a sudden he's a star. He's out there covering tight ends. I don't know. A real turnaround story and really odd because I don't know how that changed so fast. But, I mean, he, he looks like a stud. Uh, Cyrus is going to be 
good. I like Coleman in the slot as well. Uh, I do think Cyrus will eventually take a spot. I mean, you don't waste a second-round pick on a guy that's going to back up an undrafted uh, cornerback. So, I mean, the secondary is as, as star-studded as you can get. The whole defense, really. Um, so, I'm excited for him. Pot roast, you know, I think he's going to be so-so. I, I, yeah, I like his game. I just don't think that... Patriots defense is set up for him anymore. It's not the old Will Fork days, line him up on the nose and just go. I think he's going to have to be asked to do a lot. I don't know what his conditioning's like. I know in Denver a couple years ago, he was he was a star and uh, you know, he was people made a big deal about him, but I never really saw it from him. I know he gets a lot of sacks for a down D lineman, but uh, you know, I don't know how he how he's going to do. I'd have to watch him a little bit more. I I never really liked him in in Denver and obviously He's not valued that highly. They let him walk in Denver. He only got a one-year deal in Washington for relatively cheap money. He had a decent year last year. He's coming in here, and I think that he's just gonna he's gonna him and him and um, Allen Branch should Allen Branch make the team are gonna just cycle in and out. I don't I don't know if um, Knighton's gonna be in there every single play. I don't know if he's gonna be in there three downs. Um, obviously, he's a decent pass rusher from the inside. You're not obviously. You're not uh, replacing Dominic Le- Dominic Easley's speed on the interior, but but you got a big body there that's going to plug a hole. It's going to be Vince Wilfork esque with a little bit more speed, a little bit less power. But it will be interesting to see how they use him. Uh, I think another guy that's going to be used along the interior and the outside will be Chris Long. He'll be exciting. Um, you know, Charlestown bred, so you know he's got that toughness in him from Howie. Um, probably cracked a few jaws back in his day. Uh, he's going to be on the outside taking Chandler Jones's role. Now, Chris Long, I never really liked coming out of uh, Virginia. I thought he was drafted too high. I don't think he's ever lived up to the number two pick. I mean, the Rams have brought in five or six pass rushers that were better than him, that were drafted later than him in the past five years. But Chris Long seems like he's a big team guy. He's a uh, he's almost reminds me of like a Ninkovich, but he's going to be you know in in mindset alone. He reminds me of Ninkovich. Obviously, he plays a little bit bigger than that. He's going to play edge edge a lot. He's going to play interior a lot, and it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because I think he's going to be pushed inside the way Chandler Jones used to be pushed inside, and then get pushed around like Chandler Jones used to get pushed around. Hopefully, Chris Long can figure out what Chandler was doing wrong and, and, and get in there because the first rule of uh, defense in New England on the defensive line is stop the run and set the edge. Those are the two things. That's why Rob Ninkovich is so successful. He sets the edge. That's why Mike Vrabel is going to be a Patriot Hall of Famer and if he had probably five more years in New England would be a pro football Hall of Famer because he set the edge better than any player they've had in 25, 30 years. So... Uh, that's what you have to do. You have to set that edge, and 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 rushing the passer is really your third responsibility. So you get sacks. That's a bonus. But the biggest thing to do is set the edge, force the runner inside, so Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower can make those plays. Uh, so we'll see how he does. So he's going to come in. He's going to replace Chandler Jones, uh, a guy I loved, of course. I'm a Syracuse alum, so I had to respect it. Huge, 
you know, long, big guy. He was going to get paid a ridiculous amount of money that I already knew New England wasn't going to pay him. I got blocked on Twitter, not even at mentioning him. I think last preseason when I saw Trey Flowers get a sack on Aaron Rodgers in the preseason, I said, if he plays like that, don't be surprised if Chandler Jones gets traded. I think that was my exact tweet. And I was like, you know what? I haven't seen a tweet from Chandler Jones in a while. Tried to go on his uh, Twitter and blocked. I don't know what the hell happened, but you obviously saw it somehow. Um, so, I mean, why did that? you know why it had to happen. They're going to pay big money to Jamie Collins because he's a ridiculous athlete that you can't replace. Uh, and they're going to give big money to Dante Hightower because he's basically this generation's Teddy Bruschi or Gerard Mayo. He's the he's the stalwart in the middle. He's the guy that's going to run the defense for in the next decade, and he's got the right attitude. He plays as hard as he can, full tilt, full time, and that's why he's going to get the big money. And then you get Malcolm Butler, who I think may be the least amount. He might be the least uh, likely to get the big deal. I th- still think you owe him one, though, for uh, uh, an inter- interception he may have made uh, a couple years back. You probably owe him about $100 million, but we'll see what they do with that. I mean, historically, Belichick and the Patriots don't pay cornerbacks, but, again, you got a guy that you saved from Popeyes, and he saved you and won a Super Bowl basically for you and gave Tom Brady his fourth Super Bowl and Belichick his fourth as a head coach. I mean – you got to reward the guy. You still got him this year, uh, and then he'll be a restricted free agent. So you got him for two more years at least. But you get you got to give him some money, and I mean you're not going to pay them all. So Chandler Jones, the obvious guy, they just don't they don't um, think that much with a pass rush in in New England. If you get it, it's great. If you don't, they don't care. You know, they can they can take 13 sacks from Chandler Jones and throw it out the door replace it with eight from Chris Long and have the same results everywhere else. Like I said, they just care if you set the edge, stop the run, because everyone else is going to just be scheme-based. They're going to be rushing from the inside, rushing from the outside. Jamie Collins is going to rush up that A-gap. They don't really care about those edge rushing. Uh, edge rushers coming off too much. So, I mean, Chandler Jones... Uh, in the last six months or whatever, has been it's been odd. I mean, ever since um, the playoffs started last year, when he when he was smoking whatever he was smoking, he ended up on his hands and knees in front of the fire station. Um, I don't know. That's kind of lame, if you ask me. Smoking, uh, I don't even know what they call it, fake marijuana. Just smoke real marijuana. Who gives a fuck? Just do it. You can't even get tested. I was at a football game. Football game. I was at the Patriots game. And I won't say who it was, but after these, uh, after the game they had won, it was a playoff game, and uh, I got invited back like a big star that I am. Got invited back with my f- brother, and we were in this these weird condos in a town I had never heard of, and four or five Patriots were smoking weed right on the deck, and they had uh, a game the next week against in the AFC Championship. I don't even remember what year. It was probably one of the Colts years, and uh, we were drinking tequila, and they were smoking weed, and. Uh, I never heard any drug test failures. I don't think anybody gives a shit. I don't know why fake smoke this fake shit. Smoke the real stuff. The fuck. Uh, so, in the last six months, Johnny Bones Jones and Arthur Jones, his other brother, plays for the Colts, both have been busted for uh, performance-enhancing drugs. 
It's very odd if you ask me that two out of three brothers get busted for uh, performance-enhancing drugs, and a third is still walking around scot-free, the most physically gifted out of all three of them. Uh, you know, I don't know if Belichick knew something. Probably not. I mean, I'm sure Chandler doesn't do uh, steroids or HGH or whatever the fuck they caught Arthur doing. I know that John is has lost his mind. I mean, he seems to be a mess nowadays. I mean, he's, he's what, cocaine. He's running into the fucking desert. And he's been caught twice doing per- performance-enhancing drugs. So, uh, I don't know. I think maybe... Even though they seem like a really up-and-up family, I don't know what the hell's been going on with the kids over there. They've been they've been doing a little bit of the drugging, as they say. So uh, so what do we expect this season? I mean, you, like we said, you got the first four games. They're going to be interesting. Uh, I'm excited for them. I still think they're going to go 2-2, two and 3-1. Two, and one. You know, I think that they were going to lose at Arizona, regardless of who was quarterback. Like I said, I think Chandler Jones is going to be all the way jacked up for that game. He's going to come in fired up. Wouldn't surprise me if he had two sacks in that game. Um, so Arizona is going to have one of the best defenses in the league this year. Um, they're going to come and be just probably beat the Patriots by a touchdown in that game. Um, and then you get three home games, two divisional, and then a fourth against somebody that I don't remember. I drink water because my throat's dry. But so uh, we'll see what happens. But I think three and one, two and two at the worst. Um, they're going to win the ones they're supposed to. They're going to lose the one I think they're supposed to. They should beat Miami. They should beat Buffalo. Um, and then that fourth game in which I probably should have the schedule in front of me if I was professional. But uh, guess what? As I told you, it's now 1130 at night and I'm sitting in my living room. Staring at my bottles of whiskey. Uh, so, uh, I do think in these first half of this season, you're going to see some extensions for the key players. I think you probably see Hightower come first. Like I said, he's going to be he's going to be your middle linebacker for the next decade. So you're going to want to lock him up at a reasonable rate. Jamie Collins, you cannot let go. Jamie Collins is. Is, is a monster. Nobody has Jamie Collins. And if he gets to free agency, it doesn't matter who it is. He's going to have multiple offers of $150 million. I mean, he's going to get ridiculous offers from every team in the NFL. So he gets to free agency. You're not going to have an Edelman situation where he goes and tests the market and comes back because Jamie Collins is going to get paid, son. And you better keep him in New England because... If he goes anywhere else, that's going to hurt for a long, long time because that's a Belichick staple. Belichick worked him out. Belichick drafted him early when nobody thought he was that good, and Belichick has turned him into the most versatile weapon on a defense in the NFL. I mean, the man can play defensive back. He can play on the D-line. He can play middle linebacker. Fucking guy jumps over lines. He's, he's the most exciting player on the defense. You keep him at all costs, which is why you do not pay Chandler Jones. Now, I don't know if Butler is going to get paid this year. I do think he's going to get paid by the Patriots. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but you got him for two years, and I don't think Belichick wants to come out there 
and 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 dole out some cash this early but you never know i mean he does like to do extensions typically with a year left on the um on the on their current contracts to see what they'll do hopefully that they can you know extend them for a longer period of time that way the way they did with Gronkowski and gave him you know five extra years who i do think also deserves a little bit extra cash in his pocket because Let's face it. I mean, the guy's putting up ridiculous numbers, injured most of the time, and he's still just dominating and breaking records left and right. I don't even know where he is at this point. I think he's like number two touchdowns all time for a tight end, and he's 26. The guy's a, a monster. I mean, if he retired today, he'd be a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, he deserves to have at least some of that big money that he has and that contract moved up front, and he needs to get paid. A little bit earlier than whatever he's getting now, two million a season, which is atrocious. There's like twenty tight ends that are making more money than him, including, I think, Martellus Bennett, which is crazy. I may be completely wrong on that, and I don't care. You could look it up, tweet me. Um, <clears throat> so this year, you got two big return players and coaches. You got the return of Dion Lewis who, of course, was the big uh, bright spot at the early last season, the breakout player in New England, the shiftiest guy that I think that they've ever had, as long as I can remember. Maybe Dave Meggett was as shifty as him. I don't know. Nobody else is. And he can catch the ball. He can run the ball inside. Fucking guy is a four-down back, and I love him, and I hope he comes back because, I mean, honestly, last year, if he was healthy the whole season, I don't know if they would have... Uh, lost to Denver in that AFC Championship game because he is he is built for New England. He's built for the screen pass. He's built for the third down back role. He's built for it. He's the best of the third down back types that they've ever had. He might not be as clutch as Kevin Falk was, but he's quicker, he's got better hands, and he can do everything better than anybody, whether it be Falk, Woodhead, Sammy Morris, I don't give a fuck. Dave Meggett. Marion Butts. Who else is a third down back? I don't know. Marion Butts is a little before my time. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for both of them to come back. I think Dion Lewis is going to run um, for, I mean, if he comes out there, he's going to run for 1,000. He's going to catch for 500. So he's going to be a star. He's going to be one of the leading running backs. This is he, This is the time where you have... Someone with so much talent that you can't ignore what he's doing on the field. I know that Belichick likes to go with as many running backs as they can. You know, they've did it for years with uh, whoever it may be, whether it's LeGarrett Blunt and Kevin Falk and uh, Corey Dillon and all these guys with five different guys behind them just rotating in, rotating in, keeping them fresh. This is a time where you you – you run the legs off of Dion Lewis. I mean, you have to. He's the guy is just too talented. He's a he's a LaShawn McCoy type with less baggage and he doesn't beat up cops and and uh clubs. So well not yet anyway. So you just you run him until the wheels fall off because the guy was just incredible last year. I think he had more targets than Edelman did coming out of the backfield. He was just he was a stud and I expect that to continue. I mean, honestly, if Dion Lewis is 100%, I don't see 
why you need uh, LeGarrett Blunt. I mean, you keep Brandon Bolden for his special teams uh, work, and then you put him in at the big back role if you need to. I mean, I don't know. I never got LeGarrett Blunt. I know that every single time I say he's terrible, he breaks off a 50-yard run or for some reason is returning kicks and runs probably half as fast as I can and somehow is breaking long runs off kickoff returns. It makes no sense. But I'm sure he'll make the team because they need a big bruiser. But, you know, I'm just not 100%. I'd like to see Tyler Gaffney get a look. I mean, the kid was incredible at Stanford. He's got, you know, speed. He's got strength. He's got the right attractiveness level to work on the Patriots offense. Um, So, I mean... I'd like to see him in the preseason. He's been hurt the last two years, and uh, that sucks. But we'll see if he can give Blunt a run for his money because he must have lost another another gear. So he might be in a wheelchair out there this year. I don't really know. Uh, so exciting news for the team. Uh, it seems all the good-looking fellas are out there. Julian Edelman is uh, really taken after his uh, idol Tom Brady. Knocks up a, uh, a model out in uh, Los Angeles who is nothing short of an 11. She's Swedish, and uh, she's holding baby Edelman in her belly, which is, is good for him. Mazel tov, I say. And uh, look, he's dating Adriana Lima. He's just wandering around Nantucket with one of the biggest supermodels of all time. I don't know. So apparently that's what what's Julian's up to. I mean, that's literally the exact same thing Tom Brady did. Knocked up. Bridget Moynihan and was with uh, Giselle 30 seconds later. So I like to think that Tom Brady and uh, and Julian swap. I like to think that they do that. Uh, we don't know if that happens, but you never know. And then you got Amendola. He's dating uh, former Miss Universe and uh, Miss Rhode Island, Olivia Culpo, which is good for him. I mean, that guy was never going to have any trouble finding ladies, but this team has got ridiculous girlfriends. Gronk now dating that, che- that older cheerleader, which... Uh, Good for him. I mean, he's a fucking nut. He could date anyone. I think he's just hes a little uh, off the walls for me. Uh, I love him, but the Gronk show st- starts to get tiring after a little while. If you ask me, I mean, out there every day, fucking slamming shit. I don't know. I couldn't do it. Good for him. I know who I do want to be, his buddy Goon. I don't know if you guys ever watched that, but it's like his, his I don't know how they met him, but he's like his... His chauffeur, bodyguard guy. He's in every single photo. He's this little, uh, I don't want to call him fat, but he's, you know, he's a bigger guy. And he's uh, he's probably weighs the same as me, so I'm a fat guy. So um, he's just always with Gronk, fucking around in the club, in the in the limousine, in the uh, Gronk bus. He's everywhere. He's always with somebody. He's always with Gronk. And I don't know what he does, but... Fucking guy has got the life. Playing video games with him. He must be... He's like legit like a turtle from Entourage. So that guy's got the life. I'd like to be him. Have to do nothing. Not have my knees destroyed every single time I catch a ball. And then still get the rewards of being around it. That's lovely, lovely life. Um, So that's really all I had for my first Malcolm Go podcast. I like it to be a little bit more humorous. I had a whole fucking rundown here two pages on a little uh, sheet and I just kind of ran through them like it was a book report but I was pretty excited about it um I hope you guys enjoyed it I know I did I know I was probably 
rambling a bit there because I'm not used to this. I, I usually have another guy across from me. I like to spew off ideas and not listen to theirs. So, you know, somebody wants to be a, a partner, I'd be welcome to that idea. But, you know, I have a uh, a Twitter. I'm at Brady Disciple. And my uh, the show is at Malcolm Go Podcast. Or it might be at Malcolm Go. I don't know. I'll tweet it from Brady Disciple. So, um, you know, you get any questions, you can ask me. Maybe I can fucking fill them in next year, next week. I'm sure they'll all say, fuck you, you stink. But, uh, you know, I've heard much worse. So, you want to, um, I'll play myself out here. And until next week, uh, I hope you have a great time and enjoy the Pats playing uh, with the Saints next week. And we'll, we'll, we'll uh, wrap up with that. Love you guys. Do your job. All right, don't try to make too much out of it. Just do your job. 47, 8 months ago, right? All of this moment. It's about order. It's about respect. We win this game. You're honored. Your kids are honored. Your family's honored. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted to Matthew Butler. Back to throw, and here's the blitz by Mike Brady. The back You're the greatest quarterback in the world, man. Hey, I love you, man.